Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. about this morning big news big news lsu finally has hired their head football coach welcome into the live stream i'm michael borky glad to see all of you guys on this tuesday morning uh the uh the connerly trophy presentation is tonight by the way i know a lot of people last week really cared about that suddenly they do not so much anymore uh that's tonight whatever uh i think crowd's gonna win it but you know, whatever. We got a lot more to talk about besides the Connerly Trophy. LSU has landed their big fish. There are some pros to this hire. There are some cons to this hire. So we'll go through them both. The classic pros and cons list. And uh, we'll do that today with Brian Kelly being the new head coach at LSU. And also, if there's time, where this leaves Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss possibly going to survive a coaching carousel that included LSU, USC, and Florida. It's pretty significant. So we'll talk about that if there's time in the transfer portal. Uh, I've got some thoughts on that, especially as we go into recruiting season. We're just under three weeks. We're under three weeks away uh, from the early signing period. And there are going to be some people around here that will have reactions to recruiting classes that are not really rooted in reality anymore so if there's time we'll talk about that as well but first I want to remind you guys if you're on Twitter no good bit of you watch this on Twitter you can't comment or be a part of it and I would love for you to like Brown Yeti here gotta hop on over to YouTube so find me on YouTube or Facebook you can do it on Facebook as well I just search my name right there subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, click the notification bell as well so you don't miss one of these or you can find this wherever you get your podcast so if you can't watch live you can still listen uh, Mike in the morning where my name should turn up results there. So, Brown 80 says, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. LSU lands big fish. Here's Zach saying, Saban, Fisher, Kelly, Leach, Kiffin, Pittman, Harson. What a lineup so far. I have to assume that Harson will stay at Auburn because if they know he isn't getting the vaccine, delaying firing him is really going to hurt their chances of getting a better new coach. I've thought a lot about that uh, recently. Um so we're headed towards one of two outcomes, I think. I don't think they're going to fire him. I think either A, he has gotten his state-mandated COVID shots and uh, will be able to coach no problem at all. Uh, or I expect the state of Alabama to be uh, unironically or very ironically a lot more liberal with their religious exemptions that they're going to give out than the state of Washington was. With uh, with Nick Rolovich, I think that religious exemption applications are going to be approved more here than they were out on the West Coast. That is just that is just my thinking. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I that's just what I expect. If Harson has in fact not gotten his COVID shots, then uh, I expect him to uh, apply for and get 
the religious exemption. I do not think that Auburn, to your exact point, wants to get into this coaching carousel right now. I don't think that Auburn wants to. So they'll, if he hasn't gotten it and he refuses, I expect them to find a way to keep him. That's just uh, that's just me. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you. Williamson says the UCF quarterback agreed to transfer to Ole Miss. Uh, not yet. As far as as I understand it, not yet. Although it's trending more and more in that direction, I do understand. Or I, I do believe that he is visiting uh, Ole Miss this weekend, and he does have obvious familiarity with Jeff Levy. He has run that system before. And, uh, I mean, he's a really experienced, uh, really good college quarterback. What what people are going to struggle with, William, uh, Ole Miss people are going to struggle with, when they watch his film, they're not going to see Matt Corral. And when they don't see Matt Corral, they think, ah, he's not good enough. The arm strength and the arm talent that Dylan Gabriel has is not Matt Corral. He's not. He's not anywhere close, honestly. they're, they're, They're completely different quarterbacks in terms of, uh, natural arm ability. They're, they're totally different. Um, Gabriel's a lefty, by the way, for, for whatever that's worth. He's not as good of a runner. And no, he doesn't have the arm talent. But how ma- you, you can't spend all year talking about how Corral is unique in college football, that he's got the biggest arm and he's got the best deep ball and he's so accurate and he's all this. And then when he leaves, the next guy, you can't be like, oh, he sucks because he doesn't have that well you just saw a, a rare quarterback in your system a guy that's going to go in the first round Olmus doesn't have first round quarterbacks they haven't had one since Manning okay so Corral's very unique if Dylan Gabriel doesn't have the same tools as Corral that doesn't mean he sucks it just means he's not as good as a once in a generation once in a decade quarterback that you had at your school this year so I, I don't I've seen a lot of the negativity around the, the potential of signing Dylan Gabriel. And I I just don't quite understand. Actually, I do. I do understand because they've seen great quarterback play and they, they, they want that to continue. And the thing is, look at Gabriel's numbers. Uh, Look at what he's done at UCF. Is it the SEC? No, but he's a high level, high level college quarterback. He does a lot of things really well, and he's not Matt Corral. I, I think that's a little premature, Alex. I, I could be wrong. Again, I mean, it, it seems like it's semantics at this point. It, it certainly seems like it's trending in that direction, uh, but that hasn't happened officially yet. It, semantics, whatever. I mean, it's trending. It, he's visiting. Could they go another direction? I suppose, but I think I think it's all semantics. I think that's where he's going to end up, but it is not official quite yet. Either way, he is not Matt Corral. He doesn't have the arm talent that Matt Corral has. He's not as good of a runner as Matt Corral is. But how many guys out there are? How many guys out there have his arm talent? Not many. So when you when you watch UCF, Dylan Gabriel highlights, and you don't see Matt Corral, don't be disappointed. Uh, I've seen some of that, and, and I, I just I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I think it's really unfair to what probably is going to be your quarterback next year and a good player who's put up a lot of points and a lot of yards in Jeff Levy's system already as a college quarterback. You can't really do a whole lot better uh, than that, honestly. 
You really can't do a whole lot better than that. And people talk about Spencer Rattler. This is the last thing I'll say about quarterbacks because I want to talk about LSU and Brian Kelly. Lincoln Riley's system produced three consecutive NFL starters. Baker Mayfield was a reject elsewhere. Goes to Oklahoma, becomes a Heisman Trophy winner, first-round pick. Jalen Hurts was a Alabama reject. They didn't want him anymore. They found better. They cast him off. He goes to Oklahoma. Now he's a starter in the NFL. Kyler Murray, all five foot five of him. Nobody thought he'd be a good NFL quarterback. He flourished in that system. Now he's a starter in the NFL. Spencer Rattler didn't work. It'd be different if Rattler was at like Minnesota or something, but the amount of people that have said things or that have that have asked me about Rattler and why wouldn't they run Rattler? Because he's so talented. He's so this, he's so that. There's a reason he didn't work at Oklahoma. In that system, under that coach, in that conference, and he flamed out. Now, I think Lane Kiffin's a really good offensive mind. He's one of the best in the country, if, if not like top three, okay? He's a great quarterback person. You've seen what he's done with Matt Corral. But Lincoln, to, to say that, Oh, he didn't work for Lincoln Riley in the Big 12 in that system. But yeah, he'll just dominate in the SEC. I I don't look at it that way at all. There's a reason it didn't work for him under Lincoln Riley. If you can't work under Lincoln Riley as a quarterback, there's something really wrong with you to me. So I, I see why if, in fact, they bring in Gabriel instead of trying to bring in Rattler, I see why they did that. The floor for Gabriel is really high. How's that? That, That's the best way I can put it. Gabriel's floor is really high. His ceiling's not as high as possibly a a, a Rattler, I suppose, but he's got a really high floor. He's played a lot of college football and done it really well. Got a high floor. I would not be as upset as some people are about that. I, I, I would be excited about the prospect of bringing him in. He is not Matt Corral. Don't expect Matt Corral. Good quarterback, though. Not many people are him. Chase says Ole Miss should feel good about Lane's tenure if they survive a coaching cycle that included LSU, Florida, Southern Cal, Miami, etc. I think the monkey wrenches are Notre Dame. Uh, I think he's saying doubt it and possibly Oregon if it comes open. I bet you there is a 0% chance that uh, if Oregon comes open, Lane Kiffin takes the Oregon job. My, my guess would be less than 0%. There, I, I, I think that would be a non-starter. I don't think Oregon would go towards him and I don't think he'd go to Oregon either. That's just me. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a big deal for them because it sounds like, and, you know, these things have been wrong before. The initial candidate usually isn't the right one. Even a place like LSU didn't get their first guy, right? They got their third guy at best. So even at a place like LSU, you don't get your first guy. But it sounds like if, and that's an if, Miami does move on from Diaz. Again, they've yet to hire an athletic director. That should be coming soon, but they haven't hired one yet. So if they move on from Diaz, all signs are pointing to them being able to get Cristobal. That's, that seems like the most likely outcome. Now, if something happens and Cristobal stays at Oregon, then yes, they're going to turn their sights on Lane Kiffin. And and then this thing gets silly again. But for right now, and that's that's all it is for right now, it does appear that Ole Miss is going to survive a coaching carousel that at least featured LSU, Florida, and Southern Cal with keeping 
Lane Kiffin. It's pretty in, in Oklahoma in, in Notre Dame. Doesn't sound like Oklahoma is going to go down that route. It already feels like they've got their guy. It just hasn't become official yet. Maybe things change. I don't know. And uh, Notre Dame sounds like they're going to promote their defensive coordinator. That uh, that is the at least the initial thought. And um, yeah, there's no shot that a place like Notre Dame would hire Lane Kiffin anyway. So yeah, that's a non-starter. That is a um, that is a good that's a good thing for Ole Miss surviving this cycle with Kiffin. And he's about to get a big, fat, sweet contract uh, with money that will surprise you that Ole Miss can pay for a head coach. Jason says, LOL, at religious exemptions, Alabama or not, it's still a university setting who gets a whole buttload of money from the government. Not as much as you think. But yeah, it, it, it's true. But you know how it works around here. Football drives everything. I mean, LSU's library is literally literally crumbling. It, it, their their library on their campus is, forgive my language, everybody, it's a shithole. It's disgusting. It's awful. And yet they're paying Ed Orgeron $16 million to go away. And I, I know, I know football coaches don't get paid by tax money and university money. It's separate. I understand it. But the point is, yes, it's a school that does take money from the state. It is a public institution, but football is what drives everything, man. And if it means helping football around here, we're going to do it. So if Harson has not gotten his shots, they'll find a way to keep him. It, it, it's just different here, and, and you know that. Chase also says you can make a good case for staying at Ole Miss. Money is going to be what everyone is paying. Definitely more security with less pressure, but you can make a case just as well for leaving. You can because, for I mean, it's no secret. It's obvious that winning a championship at Ole Miss is, is difficult, more difficult than it is at LSU. There's a reason their last three coaches have won championships. It is more difficult to do it in the state of Mississippi than it is at LSU or at Alabama or at Georgia. That, that's obvious. It's very... Uh, it would be very Max Kellerman of me to say anything other than that. I mean, that is just the obvious truth, right? But to your point, Lane Kiffin, I said this, I think, was it Monday or Friday of last week? Either way, it bears repeating. There's a chance that Ole Miss does not go 10-2 and two next year. The schedule's pretty easy. In fact, it's really easy. The first seven games of Ole Miss's schedule, I mean, you you love that. If you're an Ole Miss fan, look at the first seven games next year. You thank the SEC gods for that schedule. Breaking in a new quarterback, some new players, all that, it's really friendly to you. But there's still a great chance that they don't go 10-2. and two. There will not be a single person with any remote power at Ole Miss that will even consider thinking about moving on from Lane Kiffin if they say go 7-5 and five next year. Not a single person at that school will be like, ah, got to fire him now. But if he were in Baton Rouge and he followed 10 and 2 with 7 and 5, he's on the hot seat. They want to fire him. Oh, you better, you better win, compete for the West next year, or else your ass is out. So eight million bucks a year with rational expectations in the same division, not a bad job. Not a bad job. William says, if he does come to Ole Miss and plays like Kelly or uh, Ta'amu, I'll be good with it. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Uh, people cannot expect Corral from the next quarterback. If they do, they're going to be disappointed. Whoever it is, regardless of who it is, 
the next quarterback at Ole Miss will not be Matt Corral. It will not be Matt Corral. Don't expect it to be because you're setting the next kid up for failure. That's what I said about Michigan. When uh, when Michigan brought in Shea Patterson, uh, a lot of local media wrote that it's national championship or bust. And I said for what it's worth, although they don't listen to me, that's unfair to the kid. Your program doesn't win championships at all. So how can now suddenly you put championship or bust expectations on a young quarterback? That's not fair to the kid. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. And sure enough, they were disappointed. This is not the worst Alabama team in a decade. But your point stands. Your point stands for sure. Fickle to Notre Dame. It sounds like, I mean, possibly. That's that's what I first thought when Notre Dame came open was it's going to be Luke Fickle, but apparently there's a lot of internal momentum to promote their defensive coordinator to head coach. They have um, they have uh, the players, a group of players has a podcast, actually. It's really well done. Audio quality is better than this. Um, who reacted to the news last night on their podcast, and I listened to some of it this morning. And the players are openly campaigning for him. And Honestly, it was the most level-headed takes on the situation that I've heard. I mean, you've got a USA Today columnist talking about how he's such a bad person for for leaving Notre Dame for LSU and all this stuff. And the players are like, no, man, it doesn't hurt his legacy. I get it. I'm I'm stunned, but I get it. Like, it's all good. We want this guy. We're going to move forward. We're Notre Dame. We're all good. Like, the the most level-headed people in all this are the players on the team that he left. It's, It's really interesting. Listen. For uh, forever, what it's worth. Um, would Miami be an upgrade over Oregon for somebody from Miami who's got an ailing mother in, in Miami and and stuff? Yes, there there's personal things with Cristobal in Miami, uh, and also personal things with him in Oregon that would lead him to to take that that job if uh, if the money's right. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's from there. He's got family there still. Yeah, but in terms of just pure job, no. Miami's not a better job than Oregon. In terms of just pure football job, resources, stuff like that, Oregon's got that 10 times more than Miami. Their facilities are better, fan support's better, money's greater, but there's there's emotional stuff tied into Miami for, for Cristobal. Alexander says, Brian Kelly has recruiting success in Notre Dame, but did not win anything of significance with that talent. What can be done differently now that he's in a regular conference? All right, so let's talk about that right now. So Brian Kelly to LSU. There's one thing I don't like about this, though. Um, I am not naive. I understand that this is a business. If uh, if you get a better offer in life at your job, you're probably going to take it. This is a job for Brian Kelly. There's no loyalty to Notre Dame. There shouldn't be. It's just a job for him. He's a football coach. So he gets a better opportunity, and in my and I think most rational opinions, LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. And I I saw somebody with a blue check mark say yesterday, I understand leaving for Southern Cal, but why would Brian Kelly ever leave Notre Dame for LSU? Because Brian Kelly wants to win a championship, and you can get better players at LSU – Better players win championships. It's really simple. It's a better job. Probably more money as well. Although Dennis Dodds 
reporting yesterday at that 15 million number does not appear to be accurate at all. Uh, that, that was, um, I know you're surprised, uh, seemingly pretty significantly over the mark. But either way, the one thing I don't like, I know it's a business. I know he doesn't know he doesn't owe Notre Dame anything because if he had a couple losing seasons, they were going to ship him right out of town too. It's a business. It's cutthroat. I understand it. But Notre Dame does have a shot at making the playoff. They have a shot at making the playoff. Could this not have waited until next Tuesday? I mean, there's a chance that Notre Dame is playing in the college football playoff. A pretty good chance that they're playing in the playoff without their head coach, who already left for another job. I don't like that. I mean, again, I understand that that coaches are shady and they preach commitment and, and family and all that stuff, and that's all a bunch of BS. I understand that. But could this not have waited a week? Could Did you really have to go do this now when your current team could make the playoff? I don't like this. And when you've got people in my business getting onto players for transferring or sitting out bowl games, yet you have a coach that is willing to possibly opt out of a playoff game to be at LSU one week sooner, I don't like that. That sucks for the players. Because if they do make the playoff, they'll be without their head coach. And and that sucks. And I hate it for them. They may not make it, and that will solve a lot of things. I wonder if the committee will factor that into their decision. I don't think so, but I would. I would. If I were on that committee, I would look at it. But the fact that this couldn't wait a week until we find out whether or not Notre Dame makes the playoff, I think that stinks for, uh, I think that stinks for the guys. Uh, he was not at the top of their list, but this is still a good hire nonetheless. Um, so pros and cons. First of all, he's a good coach. Sometimes people overcomplicate these coaching search situations. Brian Kelly's a good football coach. He's won a lot of games at Notre Dame. He's been to the playoff. Uh, he went to a national championship, got absolutely smoked in it, but went to the national championship in 2012. Uh, he's won double-digit games each year since 2017, and he's done it one, two, three, four, five, six of the last seven years. They've won double-digit games at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly. He's a good football coach. Sometimes people talk about fit and, and all that, and, and just go hire a, a guy that wins. Go hire a winning football coach. LSU hired Nick Saban from Michigan State. Nick, Nick Saban's not a Southern guy but they hired him because he's a good ball coach and he can win. Brian Kelly's a good football coach. Forget fit. Who cares? Or you shouldn't care if Brian Kelly can pronounce Chapatulis or knows what a roux is or has ever eaten a crawfish before. Like Ed Orgeron was a perfect cultural fit for LSU and he got fired. So the people that talk about fit, oh, I don't think he's a good fit. I don't know. Who cares? Why does that matter? Can he coach and win football games? Great. That's all that matters. Because whether or not he knows, you know, whether or not he grew up down on the bayou on a crab boat or whatever doesn't matter because he's a good football coach. And it's a good hire because he can 
win games. He has won games at Notre Dame. It is more difficult to get players at Notre Dame and the way that you can get them and the caliber of player that you can get at LSU. He's a good coach. He's been doing it for a long time. He's won everywhere he's gone. It's a good hire. Is it an elite hire? Is it the best? No, I think Lincoln Riley would have been better in terms of what he would have brought to you than Brian Kelly. However, good football coach, has a track record of winning, doesn't, I don't care about cultural fit. Hire a good football coach. He'll figure out how to win. Cons, though, quarterback development. Notre Dame has not been great in terms of developing high-level quarterbacks under Brian Kelly. That's something that, I mean, as you guys have seen, you can win 10 games with Ian Book at Notre Dame. Can you win 10 games with Ian Book at LSU? Now, I don't know. Dynamic quarterback play is what's going to win you games in the SEC. So far, he hasn't had this high level of dynamic quarterback play at at Notre Dame. It's been fine. It's been good. It's been okay, but it's not been elite. He hasn't been putting quarterbacks in the NFL in the same way Lincoln Riley has at Oklahoma. High-level quarterback play is a concern, and also winning at the highest level. I think some of that gets solved with the players that you can get at LSU. But... Been to championships, gotten beat badly. Been to the playoff, gotten beat badly. Been to access bowls, gotten beat badly. They've had these good seasons, and then when they get to where it really counts, they've come up short. They've been overmatched. Will that translate to LSU? That's a question worth asking. He's consistent. He's stable. He's a winner. Not at the highest level, though. And is that a product of where he is or who he is? I think that's a fair question to ask. And recruiting. Uh, The thing is about recruiting with LSU is a lot of it sells itself. I mean, you guys know this. The hospital system is even recruiting in favor uh, of LSU. So he's got no ties to the South whatsoever. Uh, I mean, he coached at Cincinnati, Central Michigan, and Grand Valley State before he got to Notre Dame. I don't think he's ever coached. That's right. He's never coached in the South, and he's from Massachusetts. Does that matter? It might. But at a place like that where you're the only show in town in your state, and, again, you've got your hospitals recruiting for you, and I assume he'll be able to put together a pretty good staff with local connections and things like that. I'm less concerned about that, but that's a question worth asking. Why aren't you winning at the highest level? When you get to championships, why don't you win them? Why are you non-competitive in these championship games? And will you be able to recruit the South? It's a whole different animal down here. It's a lot dirtier. It's a lot muddier. It's not like recruiting at Notre Dame. It's very different. Less classy. (laughs) A lot less classy. Will he be able to match that recruiting energy that is required to win in the SEC. So pros, good coach. Don't talk to me about fit. He can coach ball. Ball coaches win games. It's really that simple. Cons, quarterback development, not been great. When he's gotten to the highest level, hasn't won at the highest level. And whether or not he's got good enough recruiting ties around here, but I think that solves itself with the job he has. So anyway, interesting hire. I mean, it's, It's a big fish. It's not the 
biggest fish. It's not the ones they really wanted, but it's a big one. It's a splash. And now Brian Kelly is going to be judged directly next to Billy Napier at Florida. Everything Napier does good, Brian Kelly better do it as well. That's how it's going to be viewed there. Corey says, I wonder how many candidates LSU truly went through. I think the way they fired O after basically one bad season amid a pandemic really made them slightly less of an attractive job. I think so, too. Uh, the, the pressure is real, and I can't help but wonder if there's questions about investigation. Um, because, like Jimbo, for example, LSU's a better job than Texas A&M. It's not by much, but but it is, I think. Uh, there's a more... How, how should I put this? Uh, there's a better winning culture. I, I can't quantify that, so I hate saying things like that. But clearly, there's a culture of winning at LSU compared to AM, who is just soft as, as Charmin. But LSU is a better job than Texas AM. It is. And they would have been willing to pay more, a lot more, than what Texas AM is paying Jimbo. Same length of contract as well. So why did he stay at AM? I think that's a fair question. Why did he stay? Because let's be honest, LSU pursued Jimbo Fisher. LSU pursued Lincoln Riley. Why did they go elsewhere or why did they stay? Maybe they're just happy where they are. That could be true. Lincoln Riley clearly wasn't. Maybe there were some red flags. Because like I said yesterday, I think it was on the radio show, not here, but Jimbo just went eight and four. They're just happy as hell he's sticking around. Go eight and four at LSU, and they want you gone. So there's a culture of winning and expectations, but that can also be your downfall. There's investigations going on. And yeah, I think the uh, demise of Ed Orgeron could have put a bit of a stain on that job. But at best, he was their third choice. Brooks on Brian Kelly says he was there for 10 years. He gave it a shot and it didn't work. I think Kelly moving to LSU is good for both Notre Dame and LSU. Yeah, Notre Dame's players in, in that podcast I referenced earlier did not really seem all that broken up about it. Doesn't appear like Notre Dame fans are really all that broken up about it, if we're being honest. It kind of seems like, you know, everybody's kind of happy with, with what's going on. Bit of a reset for everyone. Mike, I think that says more about you than me. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. He says, no students came to my 8 a.m. So I can bug working until he puts me in timeout. Hey, I'll do it again. Brett McMurphy tweeted a few minutes ago that the LSU contract is 10 years, 95 million plus incentives. Is it safe, is it safe to assume that is significantly more than his Notre Dame contract? And what is significant? Well, let's see. I know Notre Dame doesn't have to... Um, Man, I mean, how wrong, too, was uh, that Dennis Dodd report yesterday? I mean, $15 million. I mean, that, that was just not even anywhere close. Not even anywhere close. Um, and that just took off like wildfire. I mean, I Googled Brian Kelly's salary, and, I mean, it, it, everything, $15 million, $15 million, $15 million. It's ridiculous because uh, that's just not accurate at all in any way. Um, the, the best I can find as I'm delaying here is, uh, 
seven million at Notre Dame. So two and a half million a year is pretty significant. Pretty significant race for uh, for sure, especially with a long term commitment out to uh, to ten years. It's um, that's a significant race. I don't expect Ole Miss to go that high with Kiffin, but it'll be kind of close to that. <laughs> Watch out for LSU when you outbid the Catholic Church. Something is going on. <laughs> that was Sid. Um, Mike says, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, Lane's next job is at Alabama, whether it be a year, three years, or five years. It's looking like he'll be at Ole Miss for longer than uh, longer than this one, that's for sure. William says, remember Michigan basketball 89, interim coach leads them to a natty. William, I hate to tell you, I was two years away from being born in 89, so no, I don't remember that, but I'll take your word for it. Um, Jason says, that says to me, talking about Kelly leaving, he knows his roster won't compete in the playoff. He can't get top five classes because of entrance standards. Yeah, I think the, the writing's on the wall for him there. He's That's why he's taking the LSU job. He wants to win a championship. It's not going to happen at Notre Dame, at least in his experience. So, Brooks says, wonder if Notre Dame's high academic standards is partially to blame. Why Kelly, yeah. Um, elite quarterback, not so much. I mean, he's recruited quarterbacks. Well, they just haven't developed into these high-level quarterbacks. It's the skill positions that Notre Dame is lacking that um, some of that has to do with, with entrance standards. Brian Yeti says, outside of Burrow, what elite quarterback play has LSU had? Answer, it doesn't really matter. Well, because they get elite-level players at every position, but, I mean, Joe Burrow's elite-level quarterback play is why LSU won the championship in 2019. Miles says, Notre Dame buddy told me a, a ways back that Brian Kelly's reputation is to break down quarterbacks, not develop them. We've got We've got some evidence that suggests that that's true. Alexander asking, what do you think is a good timeline for Lane Kiffin signing his extension? Uh, for the people hoping that he'll do that today or tomorrow, no, I don't I don't think so. I, I would expect it to happen sometime around the bowl game. Uh, I mean, if, if they're engaging in good public relations, they'll um, they'll do it the night before the bowl game as they're revealing the new stadium renovations to their rich donors, they'll do it around the bowl game is my expectation. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's the case or not. I know that Lane Kiffin's not going to sign it right now because the market is still resetting and they are still uh, gathering leverage based on how these other schools are paying their coaches and stuff like that. Uh, I expect it to happen around the bowl game. Uh, so don't expect it anytime soon. However, it's going to be big. And I, I just don't see a, a scenario in which he leaves right now. So just because he hasn't signed that extension yet doesn't mean he's going anywhere anymore. There's not really many destinations to go to anymore. Of course, as I keep hoping one day the ITO will realize that universities in Mississippi are at a disadvantage not being able to offer long-term contracts and fix that stupid rule. I, somebody told me yesterday that that might be changing. And I'm curious to see where that was coming from. Uh, but yeah, it, it saved money around here in the past, but it, it certainly hurts. 
because you're going to see, for example, a $100 million contract for Brian Kelly, and Lane Kiffins is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $36 million. You know, it, it's it, – and nobody reads into the contract to see the automatic rollover clauses. That's not as sexy as the $100 million number. It's a little bit different. So, yeah, I, I – somebody told me yesterday they're going to fix it. We'll see. But it it does hurt in times – like this for sure. Also, for what it's worth, uh, on the Oklahoma opening, uh, I saw that uh, one of the coaching board people put Mike Leach's name on there. Uh, That's really just throwing stuff on the wall and hoping it sticks. Mike Leach is not going to be leaving Mississippi State for Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma is going to go after him either, but he's not going to be leaving Mississippi State for Oklahoma. That's not going to happen. That will not materialize. So, if you're a state fan hanging on, don't worry about that there's that's not going to happen watch me be dead wrong you can cut that and share it everywhere i don't think that's going to happen so look for lane to sign five days before early signing day maybe and it's possible uh we'll have to get some clarity on miami first one way or the other uh, i think before he signs that contract which should be happening soon but either way I'll talk about the the transfer portal stuff tomorrow. I, I know we've we're, we're starting to see the exit interviews happen, and, and players are leaving and stuff like that. And a lot of people are wondering why this is happening and is it sustainable and all that. I think it's a really good thing. And honestly, I don't see the risk that some other people do. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, just running out of time here, and um, my head is pounding. So I will. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Don't forget to subscribe. Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Please do that and like the video if you like what you hear. And, uh, yeah, Brian Kelly, LSU. Interesting hire. There are some questions there. There are some questions. But all in all, pretty pretty good hire. Pretty good football coach there for uh, for LSU. So one more door has closed in the uh, coaching search season. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.